Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Thanks for downloading today's Kent Online podcast. It's Tuesday, December the 1st, the final day of the second national coronavirus lockdown in England. From tomorrow then, Kent will be in Tier 3 of restrictions. That's the highest level because cases in parts of the county are still incredibly high. You can actually head to Kent Online to see the very latest stats for where you live. Just click on the interactive map. It'll show you that Swale, Medway and Thanet are still well above the national average and among the worst Worst affected places in the country. Well, a debate on the tier system has been going on in the Commons this afternoon, ahead of a vote by MPs on whether it should all go ahead. Let's have a listen to what Tunbridge Wells rep Greg Clark had to say about it and the response from the Prime Minister. Uh, Kent is the, the biggest county by population uh, in Britain, and there are vast differences in the rate of COVID within it. In Tunbridge Wells, we have one of the lowest uh, incidences in the country. So will the Prime Minister uh, commit that at the first possible review on the 16th of December, uh, if a particular borough meets the five criteria that he set, he will move it down to a lower tier for that particular borough? Uh, Mr Speaker, I, I'm, I'm grateful to my right honourable friend and uh, he's quite right to raise the, the, the position of Tunbridge Wells and, and the, the feelings of the people of Tunbridge Wells I know are, are shared by many people across the the country who, who, who feel this sense of, uh, as I say, being uh, unjustly attracted into the wrong level of, of tiering. And I repeat the assurance I've given uh, to my uh, honourable friend from Workington and, and Gage Hall Haskell. We, we will look in granular detail, uh, Mr Speaker, at local incidents, look at the human geography of the pandemic and take account of, of, uh, of, of exactly what is happening every two weeks, as I say. Uh, and it is in the power of honourable members, uh, to repeat the, the, my point, uh, to help their local area move down the tier. We've mentioned to you before that several MPs in the county would prefer boroughs to be under different restrictions rather than the entire county. That's not going to happen, at least for the time being. People living in Seven Oaks have also been saying what they think. In many parts of Seven Oaks and surrounding areas, there's been no cases at all of COVID. It was a bit of a shock to the system. I think you have to draw the line somewhere. I wouldn't like to be drawing that line. I know of someone in Seven Oaks who just yesterday was diagnosed with COVID, so it makes sense. As the PM said a little while ago, the tiers will be reviewed in two weeks' time. It's also hoped the rollout of mass testing will start to see the rate of infection come down. And also at kentonline.co.uk, you can read our feature on whether the tiers system could divide the county. And whilst you're there, you can take part in our poll. In other COVID-related news, a workers died following a coronavirus outbreak at a Kent factory which produces food for Marks and Spencer. There have been almost 80 cases at the back of all Tillmanstone salad site near Dover. The GMB union has described it as alarming and is calling for the company to offer mass testing, full pay for those isolating and a deep clean at the factory. It's been suggested schools in Kent should close a week early to make sure children can see their extended family over Christmas. Schools are due to break up on the 18th, but if a coronavirus case is confirmed during that week, it would mean 14 days of isolation for staff and pupils. And with restrictions being relaxed from the 23rd through to the 27th, they wouldn't be able to join a festive bubble. We've been chatting to Alan Brooks, who's chair of the Kent Association of Head Teachers. 
there, there has certainly been pressure put onto the Department for Education to look very carefully at their contingency plans. They have published contingency plans on Friday, which say that in extreme circumstances, they would look at area-wide lockdowns or area-wide closures of schools. They have indicated also they're very, very reluctant to do that. I'm not certain I advocate it, but what I would advocate is that that has to be better than the more, the, the more random approach that we're having currently as schools are forced to close because of the prevalence of the disease within their local community. Would you welcome the general policy shift in schools closing early? I, I would welcome direction from central government that was useful and helpful for schools. Schools, and I think we've, we've said this before, feel very much left out in the wind on this. Head teachers are being forced to make independent decisions, often without the backing of the Department for Education. And that is a huge pressure and it's not helpful for parents. If you're in a very high risk area, and some of these areas are very high risk, there is a logic that says if all the schools were engaged in a fire break, families that have got siblings at different schools would be in a better position. Of course, we want children in schools and we absolutely back the idea of trying to keep them in schools. If it becomes impossible within a local area, it would be better to do that centrally organised rather than heads being forced to do it on an individual basis as cases rise. For the opportunity for children, for, for teachers, for staff to be able to make sure that they can see their families over Christmas, extended families, um, and, and not only for, for that reason, but also just perhaps to, to ease the pressures that you were referring to being able to close a bit early. Does, does it not make sense to do so? I think that's what you need to take up with the Department for Education rather than, rather than with schools. Schools will have individual views on that. It may be that actually implementing some sort of area fire break earlier than that might be a way of driving the disease down. We are encouraged that maybe we're going to get more mass testing in these areas. That would be very helpful to us. We are pushing to see education staff somewhere on that list for early vaccines so that we can keep schools going when we get into next year. So there are a range of things that we are still asking central government about. I believe it was 16 confirmed schools um, had, re had reported that they were taking temporary measures to close by the 17th of November. Um, are you worried that that's going to keep going in, in the in the next few weeks? Uh, I mean, schools may have to be forced to close early, regardless. I, th I think it is. I think it is entirely possible that schools will be forced to close early, regardless. And although the Department for Education says that you cannot close on operational grounds because you haven't got sufficient staff. The reality is if you haven't got sufficient staff to keep your children safe, then heads may be forced, however reluctantly, into a situation such as that. And also in schools where it seems that there is a real spike in the, in the infections amongst the school population. So there are, there are factors way outside the control of heads which may push us into that situation. Central government have the overview of this. They can see what's happening area by area and it would be helpful if they would assist in the making of these decisions. Elsewhere, five-year groups have been sent home for a fortnight due to staff shortages at a Kent school. Simon Langton, Grammar for Boys in Canterbury, has 22 members of teaching staff in isolation because of coronavirus. Only year seven and eight pupils will continue attending lessons. Head teacher Ken Moffat says he's having to ask people who've never taught a lesson in their lives to cover classes. Staying with education and some potty-trained 
children are back in nappies, while others have lost stamina with reading and writing, according to a major new report out today. Inspectors have been visiting schools in the southeast to see how they're performing and indeed what impact the pandemic has had. The percentage of primary schools rated good or outstanding in Medway, you'll be pleased to hear, has gone up 5% to 88 In the rest of the county, 92% are in the upper categories, the same as in 2019. There's a similar picture of improvement in secondaries across the county too. But Ofsted say they are particularly worried about children with special educational needs who've been away from class during lockdown and those who are now being homeschooled all of the time. Kent Online News. Some other top stories for you today. And a man who spat at another man's face in Hythe after knowing he'd contracted COVID-19 has been jailed for almost two years. 62-year-old Guy Noffer from Military Road in the town also threatened to punch him when he'd been told to stop kicking the door of a building society in June. Thankfully, the victim later tested negative for coronavirus. The cost of the new Lower Thames crossing has increased by more than half before a planning application has even been submitted. The 14-mile road tunnel between the east of Gravesend and Tilbury in Essex is designed to ease congestion at the current Dartford crossing. Now it was originally estimated to cost £5.3 billion. Latest projections show that's gone up to £8.2 billion. Ministers say they're aiming to have the world's most effective border by 2025 after the announcement of a new 24-7 unit. The government says the Border Operations Centre will use cutting-edge software to look out for potential problems at places like Dover and Folkestone when new trade arrangements for the EU start on the 1st of January. The system will monitor the flow of goods and people in real time. The number of French police officers patrolling beaches is doubling from today to try and stop people crossing the channel to Kent in small boats. More surveillance technology, including drones, radar equipment and cameras, are also going to be used following an agreement between the UK and French governments. And a new block of flats at the site of a former pub in Ashford has been described as hideous. The Prince Albert had to be demolished to make way for 14 homes on New Street. Work on the building has almost finished, but one councillor's criticising its appearance. You can see pictures at kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online News. Now, one Kent attraction looking forward to being able to reopen tomorrow is Port Lim Reserve near Hythe. They've had to close through both lockdowns, losing out on vital income from visitors, which helps pay for the running of the site, including all the food for the animals. While the safari won't be running and food will be takeaway only, it's hoped visitors will return despite it now being winter. We've been chatting to Simon Jeffrey, who's the animal director. For us, it's been an incredibly difficult year, as it has been for many, many businesses. Um, the problem is that our part of our business is these animals behind us. It affects our conservation projects. I mean, we're here to send animals back to the wild. We've got rhinos hopefully going back soon. We've got roan antelope going back. And um, all of the funds from the public coming in and the donations we get help us actually realise our plans for the future. And it's about making sure that we can get as many back into the wild as we can. And you can see more from Port Lim on KM TV tomorrow in Kent tonight from 5.30. Also, a bit of sad news from Port Lim today. One of the tigers has died of old age. Ingrid arrived at the park in 2005 and gave birth to six cubs during her life there. Keepers have paid tribute today, describing her as fierce and independent. And finally, Blue Water has announced its Christmas attraction will go ahead. Believe, Believe was initially cancelled due to Kent going into Tier 3 restrictions 
restrictions, but the shopping centre in Greenhithe has confirmed the month-long event will now take place. The festive experience will open this Friday and run until Christmas Eve. That's it for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can subscribe to the IM News app, which will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.